0: Hello and welcome to Something Interesting. I'm Albert Berg, and today's interesting thing comes to us from the Bible. Now, this is a passage that I came across as I was reading it to my kids the other night, and as I was reading it aloud, I realized that I'd never actually thought about it. I'm sure I've read it before in my life, because I've read the Bible through several times. I've spent quite a bit of time in church uh, all through my life. And even today, so no doubt I have encountered this story before, but the other night, reading it aloud and thinking about how I was going to explain it to my kids, it really sunk in in an interesting way to me that I'd never thought of before, and I wanted to share that with you guys. The story we're going to be reading starts in 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 7. And it says, Elisha came to Damascus, and Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, was sick. And it was told him, saying, The man of God is come thither. And the king said unto Haziel, Take a present in thine hand, and go meet the man of God, and inquire of the Lord by him, saying, Shall I recover of this disease? So Haziel went to meet him, and took a present with him, even of every good thing of Damascus, forty camels burden, and came and stood before him, and said, Thy son Ben Hadad, king of Syria, hath sent me to thee, saying, Shall I recover of this disease? And Elisha said unto him, Go, say unto him, Thou mayest certainly recover. Howbeit, the Lord hath showed me that he shall surely die. Now we're going to pause at that verse for a minute, even though the story is not over. Because that verse right there was the moment where I thought, wait a minute. Do I know this story? What happens in this story? What is going on? Because the prophecy there, on the face of it, sounds like a lie. It sounds like what Elisha is saying is go back to Ben-Hadad, Hazel, tell him that he can recover of his disease, but... Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Me and you, we know that ain't true. <laughs> How about that, Hazel? Yeah, just leave those 40 camels worth of stuff outside my door. I'll take care of it. Fist bump. Elisha out. All right. But that's actually not exactly what is happening. There is no dishonesty in this prophecy, as we will see as we dig a little deeper into the story. Because. It goes on and says, And he settled his countenance steadfastly until he was ashamed. And the man of God wept. Now, I think the first he is Elisha, and I think the second he is Haziel. I could be wrong. You can convince me otherwise. But I think what happens is Elisha says this thing to Haziel. Haziel's standing there waiting for more. Elisha's looking at him with a weird look on his face. And ultimately just starts breaking down crying while Hazel's standing there saying, What are you talking about? Why? What's going on? He was probably about as confused as I was the first time that I read that verse. He hears it, right? He hears, oh yeah, your king can recover, but he's going to die. And then there's silence while Elisha just stares at him and breaks down in tears. It's a weird day for Haziel. And he says, Why weepeth my lord? Which is a reasonable question if you think about it. And he answered, Because I know the evil that thou wilt do unto the children of Israel. Their strongholds wilt thou set on fire, and their young men wilt thou slay with the sword, and wilt dash their children. That means, like, smash them, like, grab them and smash them into pieces. And rip up their women with child. Now, you can imagine the kind of response you would get if you told somebody, "Uh, you're going to be a monster who kills men and women and children and pregnant women. So Haziel has that exact reaction. (laughs) He says, "Um, but what, is thy servant a dog that he should do this great thing? And Elisha answered, "The Lord hath showed me that thou shalt be king over Israel, or over Syria." So he departed from Elisha and came to his master, who said to him, "What said Elisha to thee?" And Haziel's mom probably said the same thing my mom said to me, which is that you do not have to tell everything that you know. And Haziel says. He told me that thou should have surely recovered. Which is technically true, right? Elisha did say, here's the prophecy, he can recover. But here comes the twist. The weird, weird part of this story. The part that, again... I've read this story before, I know I have, but it never sunk into me what exactly was going on here. It came to pass on the morrow that he took a thick cloth and dipped it in water and spread it on his face so that he died, and Haziel reigned in his stead. Now, this is the prophecy. Remember, think back to what Elisha says to him. He says, your king, Ben-Hadad, who is actually Ben-Hadad II, if you study it out, he could recover of his disease. He would. He may. uh, Is the, the verb that's used in the translation that I read from, the King James Version. He may recover. He is able to recover, but he will die. And the story progresses in such a way that it turns out that that was probably the case. Ben-Hadad, we don't have any evidence to the contract to the contrary that he would not have been able to recover, but we don't get to find out for ourselves. We have to take Elisha's word for it because Haziel, after having heard the prophecy, A, that Ben-Hadad was going to die, but not of his disease, and B that he was going to be king, decides to take the circumstances of that prophecy into his own hands. He becomes part of a self-fulfilling prophecy. One of, well, I wouldn't want to count, but other prophecies in the Bible, you don't get the sense often that this is what is happening. A lot of times you're talking about major time scales as far as, especially uh, the parts of prophecy that people tend to study later on in the scripture where we're talking about kingdoms rising and falling and uh, the, the end of the world kind of stuff. These are all the types of prophecies that you could argue have an influence on how the world goes and maybe create their own outcome, but here is one of the few instances where the prophecy directly creates the outcome that the prophet had prophesied. I've said the word prophecy too many times. It's somewhat lost its meaning. But essentially, what happens here is Elisha tells Haziel, your master's going to die, but not of his disease, and you're going to be king. And Haziel says, ah, well... Sure would like to be king, know how to kill my master, I'm going to take care of it. There's a whole bunch of other weird little stuff in this story as well, because if you're familiar at all with the narrative of Elisha and Elijah, you can go back and remember that Naaman, who was the leper that Elisha healed by telling him to go and dip in the Jordan seven times, he was actually the general for this same king, Ben-Hadad which is probably why Ben-Hadad is asking Elisha for advice in the first place. Ben-Hadad's not a worshipper of Jehovah in this story, but he's sending on 40 camels worth of good stuff. And I don't think he's just giving him the camels, right? The implication is that they're loaded up with all the best stuff the king can offer just so he can get a good read on what's going to happen to him and he doesn't get what he wants, <laughs> he does not get, he gets the honest truth, he gets the specific answer that is accurate from Elisha, but it does not work out for him in the end, and all of these confounding factors really struck me as, well, as something interesting, as as a thing that sparked new thoughts in my mind that I had never had before, in particular about this story, and particularly about prophecy. And there's other prophecies around this story that have this same kind of format. If you follow along in the narrative as it goes forward, there's another king who comes up and reigns over the Israelites, and his name is Jehu. And Jehu does essentially the same thing that Hazel does. He kills off the previous king's offspring. He kills off a bunch of people who worship Baal. And neither one of these things is necessarily commented on as bad. Although you can't take that as a, a endorsement when it comes to Bible reading. Because there's a lot of times when things happen and they just happen in these stories. There's not a moral declaration at the time that says that was bad or that was good. But we do know that Jehu's specific reason, his stated excuse for doing all this stuff is that, well, hey, it was prophesied that these people were going to die and here I am killing them. And it makes for a really interesting conundrum because it's definitely, I think, arguable that both of these guys are on the wrong side of history, right? They're doing things the wrong way. They are they are literally straight up murdering people. Bad people, alright? People who you might not necessarily mourn for. Ben-Hadad has been a big problem for the protagonist side of the Bible this whole time. He's attacked Israel several times and rather successfully at that. And yet, what Haziel does is also not on the right side of history, necessarily. And it's not like he comes in and becomes a great, righteous king, again, within the context of the narrative that we have. He just goes on and does more of the same that his predecessor was doing, as Elisha foresaw and freaked out about. So, I... I wanted to share this story because even in the context of having read the Bible, people who know these stories relatively well, you know, if you've been to Sunday school or heard a lot about the Bible, this is one of those that for me at least kind of snuck up on me and and was new and fresh and had some new things to think about that I hadn't really considered before. And it, it links up in... To other stories around it, maybe stories that I had definitely heard before, but it links up to those stories in really interesting ways that I hadn't considered, and I just found it really fascinating. I hope that you did as well. hope that you'd enjoyed this episode. If you did subscribe to this show we're going to be covering lots more stuff it's not just Bible stories as you will know if you listen to the previous two episodes, although I'm certainly not going to promise there won't be more Bible stuff in here. Because I'm interested in that. We'll see you guys next time. Have a good one.